0: NotFest.com presents Talk to Me.
1: With over 300 interviews under his belt and six years running, your host Joshua Toomey interviews metal and rock's heaviest hitters. Follow the show at Talk to Me Talk. Here's your host, Joshua Toomey.
2: Welcome to another episode of Talk To Me here on NotFest.com. The guests this week are Charlie Benante of Anthrax, together with Matt Byrne of Hatebreed. They are on to talk about their upcoming Anthrax Black Label Society Hatebreed Tour. Starts July 26th, runs through August 28th. Make sure to check out Anthrax's socials, Hatebreed Socials, Black Label Society Socials to see if the uh, show is coming near you. And, uh... Sad to say, this is Chris's last show. I have uh, traded him to the Cobras and Fire podcast for a, a, a conditional fifth round pick and a couple of jerk socks. So, uh, Chris, man,
1: how's it going? My labrum is healing just enough to beat <laughs> your Texans, man. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny, man. Uh, yeah. Chris's,
2: uh, Chris's Cleveland Browns finally uh, you know, got rid of one of their number one overall picks for another uh, high draft picked quarterback. That's right another cancer cut
1: as
0: they say
2: <laughs> too funny uh before we dive into music talk let's actually dive into some uh usfl talk man you went after all of our uh back and forth about the usfl this year you actually got yourself out of the house went to the usfl championship game which your philadelphia stars were in and uh from what it's you know
1: i i i'm sad your team lost but it seemed like a pretty good game it was a great game. I mean, they, they they lost with 16 seconds left. So, they were in the game right up until literally the end of the game. Right. Yeah, it, it was a great game. I couldn't believe the crowd. Yeah. I thought I w- I thought it was going to be me and four other people and it was <laughs> it was pretty full. You know, it it's my first time being I mean, I've seen that stadium before, but I've never been in it. It's yeah. um, that Tom Benson stadium there in in Canton where the Hall of Fame is. Um it was pretty damn packed. I I would say that they probably, I don't know what the crowd is. I don't even know what the place holds, but it, it was, it was full and they did a nice job. And, um, it really did kind of feel like it was important. So, right. you know, it, and it was a good football game. I mean, it was a final score, 33, 30 or something. Yeah. It was so a good it, game. It was, it was a great game. And, um, and look, I've been to a championship now. I'm, I'm satisfied. (laughs) The, uh, what would
2: you say the crowd was, was it, was it fans of both teams or was it like just football fans wanting to
1: see the championship game? There were a few rowdies that I think were like family. I, I really just got the impression that the ones that were going crazy for, for Birmingham or for, um, Philadelphia were like family people. Right. Because because A, they were all sitting in the first like row. So <laughs> I think they probably were family. But everybody else just seemed like they were just kind of football people. There weren't there weren't a ton of like people wearing USFL USFL gear. In fact, I was one of the few with my hat. But <laughs> yeah. you're welcome. Thank you. But but yeah, I mean there was a lot of lot of Browns jerseys, obviously. And um some Steeler jerseys and um it just seemed like it was just football people that were just out. I think there was a lot more people that were like me that were just curious. Hey, we're never going to get a fucking Super Bowl, so might as well go and see something close to it. So, yeah, it was cool though, man. I mean, again, the biggest surprise to me was the number of people because you've watched the games, I've oh, watched yeah. the games. I mean, so we we've watched how they've creatively kept the angles low <laughs> so that you couldn't see the see the crowd at these things and. I, there was at least ten thousand people. I don't know. Again, I, I think the place probably only. It seemed like it was bigger than a high school stadium, but smaller than a, a mid-sized college That's football right. stadium. So, I don't know, ten to twenty thousand people, maybe, and it was probably three quarters full. So, yeah, and, and people were rowdy. People were cheering and booing, and you know, the refs took a beating. That, that <laughs> I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if that portrayed well on TV or not, but man. Every time there there was some play, I forget what happened, but the refs took like five minutes to figure out what the hell was going on. Right. And oh my god, people were booing like crazy and just lots of profanity, lots of lots of figure it fuck it out, dummy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of
2: that stuff going on. But did you do any of the other Canton stuff? Did you go to the hall of fame or anything
1: while you were there? I, I was going to, and then when I got there, it was packed. Right. I mean Dude, people were lined up out the door to go into the hall and I've done the hall of fame thing several times. So it wasn't, it it wasn't new to me. I mean, for me, it would have, the last time I did the hall of fame was, uh, 2012. So it would have just been to see the, you know, the, the last 10 classes and might've been cool, but I mean, I got down there. The worst part was I I got down there super early to do that, (laughs) you know, and, um, Sure enough, I got down there, and the line was, like, around the building almost. I was like, no, nope, I'm going to sit in my car and listen to tunes. <laughs> and did you go by yourself, or did you go? Somewhere? Yeah, I just went by myself. Nobody right. wanted to go. What a bunch of losers. I know. Nobody wanted. I was like, dude, it's free. You know, I, I, got, a, I got an extra ticket. If you want to go, we'll just go have fun. <laughs> you know, nobody wanted to go. So I went by. I was not going to just not go. You know, it just... It just seemed like this is a championship in a in a professional sport. I'm going. It's dumb to have a ticket and not go to it. So right. So wow, I that's a, that's
2: big for you. It seems like you find any excuse to get out of doing anything.
1: Eh, so. <laughs> not really. You know what? That's that's a little bit of old fashioned, Chris. Yeah. I used to go to concerts all the time by myself, and then just right. run into people. And that's kind of what I did at this. Is I I went and I sat. I sat pretty good actually. I was probably on the thirty five yard line or so. Okay. So I had pretty good spot, and um, I just started talking to the dude next to me, and then we just shot the shit for the whole for the whole game. It was pretty pretty good. That's cool. <laughs> nice. The uh, I
2: actually we we went to Nashville for uh, for a quick day trip, uh, and I met up with Chris Sinzak. So I I hit okay. up with a, I met up with a celebrity. <laughs> uh, we went to the Buffalo wild wings and actually, uh, right when we met up as, uh, when the game started. So we were, we were watching the game at Buffalo wild wings. And then I, okay. I listened to the remainder of the game, uh, in the car on the way home, but it was kind of weird because they played like the TV broadcast, like on sports right. sports on Sirius XM. So they weren't really giving you too many details of what were going on. It wasn't like, you know, third down and 8 from the 38 yard line. Right. right? So you just kind of had to like figure it out like what was going on. It was it was kind of hard sure. a hard listen, but uh but man, it it was it was a fun game to listen to. I'm glad you uh got
1: to go check that out. Yeah, it was great, dude. I I will do it again next year cuz from from they they were pumping that they were definitely pumping um, season two coming in April. They, they must have said that over the speakers 15 times. So <laughs> I guess they're trying to get people to watch next year, too. So, right. It was cool, though. I Dude, I would go again. If they have the Super Bowl there again next year, I'll go again. Why not? Or the championship game or whatever. The only there's one negative to it. Okay. There's one. The trophy. <laughs> the trophy it looked like, I mean, A, it, they just completely stole the model from the NFL. I mean, right. I, I don't know if you saw it on TV or not, but it looks damn near like the NFL's. But then when they showed the f- players holding it, it's small. So it's, it's kind of like if you're expecting to win a big bowling trophy and instead you get the participation trophy. It, it's just, it was very small. Like it, it probably half the size. Of the NFL's of the NFL trophy, so it it looked a little small, but it was. If that's my biggest complaint, I'm not going to really bitch too much. But <laughs> well, yeah, I'm glad it was a uh, you know uh, glad everybody had a
2: good time and oh, um. Yeah. Well, let's dive into a little bit of music news. Um, and I, I, you said earlier while we were talking that you weren't all the way caught up on Stranger Things, but did you see The Master of Puppets? part in things i did things. yes have you seen that yet uh the i mean thankfully for this little band called metallica the stranger things has come along and kind of revamped their career but uh master puppets the song itself man is a top 50 globally and i think it's the only rock and metal song in the top 50 globally right now and uh it's just it's just you know obviously it's crazy how how much that show has done for uh them and kate bush like that that kate bush song kind of came out of nowhere out of left field again from like 85 uh on that note i read somewhere that she has never sold any of that publicity so she owned everything to do with that song and i think right around the peak of that which is still going on i believe she was making like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a week off that song wow uh, just, just because you know she never sold any of the publishing or the uh or the, or the mechanicals or anything like that from it.
1: That has got to be nice to go from getting a check once a month for $43 to all of a sudden getting a <laughs> mil two in the mail. Right. That's gotta be awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy. But uh,
2: I guess, uh, and then I guess, you know, uh, Robert posted that Ty, his son uh, did some guitar work for that too. So that, so he kind of, uh, you know, kept it in the family, you know, and yeah. And so it's, and it's a cool. thing. It was a cool scene. And I'm glad that, uh, you know, I'm glad that they kind of, uh, you know, they used a, an older tune. You know, they didn't go for, like, Inner Sandman or something silly. But, I mean, obviously, right. I guess timeline-wise, that wouldn't work out. But, uh, but yeah, they, they used a cool tune.
1: Yeah. No, it's... Uh, dude, other than the fact that every favor always goes to Metallica, it would have been nice if it was, like, some, some band that could really use the hype instead of Metallica. You right. Know? Other than that part, I mean... How cool would it have been if it was, I don't know, Metal Church or somebody, somebody that could have really used the hyper testament or something. But hey, anytime metal gets main gets mainstream mileage, I'm game, man. That's that's always good because it makes the whole genre a little bit better, at least for right. a minute. And Stranger Things is just cool. I don't care what anybody I know it's kind of dorky to, right. to love that show, but I love it. So maybe I'm just a dork.
2: well i mean you did go to usfl championship game by yourself so i think that's uh... i have
1: i guess i'm proving
2: (laughs) uh have you've seen the video of uh dave Mustaine uh yelling at uh judas priest uh sound guys or whatnot or guitar techs for for, yeah for uh kind of you know sound checking during megadeth set and uh i i read a lot of comments on this before i actually watched the video and i I was kind of you know bummed that Dave acted like this, but then the more I watched it, a he didn't do anything really that out of line. And B, I don't I, how many concerts have you gone to recently to where you can physically hear them sound checking? Like typically yeah. now, because everything's all in your monitors and everything else, like you don't even hear the band even like a drum. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, back in the day, you know, the curtain would go down and you would hear jump, jump, jump. And then, you know, the other guitar and a little bit of bass. And, you know, they would kind of run through the kit one time and then five minutes later, the band would come out. But now with all the technology, you don't even really hear that anymore. Mm -hmm. But uh, I guess Judas Priest just old school this way. But they they were sound checking as Megadeth was playing. And even people that were there were posting that uh, that you could hear Judas Priest
1: during Megadeth tunes. So I mean I I get why Dave would be pissed. Yeah, I mean dude, you're 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 on stage for an hour or 45 minutes whatever Megadeth is playing and you know and you're being interrupted by by the next band that's that's bush league shit, man. That's you know, I mean even t- yeah, you remember this from the old Ozfest days or Mayhem Fest or yeah. you know all that stuff? They always put the second stage far enough away so that you wouldn't hear the two stages, right? Obviously, if you're sitting next to each other, like I forget what that fest was, but that one or Vakken does the same thing where they have the two stages next to each other. Was that Hellfest maybe? Uh, yeah, I I'm not 100 sure. Whatever, whatever it was. When you have two stages, Barcelona like Rock Fest, yeah. You know what you, if you if you're making noise you're wrong. You're yeah. just wrong. Just when it's your time to play then give up 5 minutes. If you can't sound check without the time then give up 5 minutes of your set to don't interrupt the next guy, the previous guy. That's that's what that's what you do to rookies, you know. Right. You know? <laughs> that's,
2: well, that's what rookies would do to them because you know you would think that they would they would be out there more not knowing what to do, rather than yeah. Judas Priest and Megadeth, two of the you know yeah. <laughs> longest running acts out there.
1: Yeah. Now I haven't seen. Are we sure that it's Judas Priest's text and not the the venue's text? Because you know, at a lot of those fests they just have the venue has their own guys that do backline and all that stuff. I wonder. Yeah, if but, it but was I think once down. you get
2: get to that close to um, that close to showtime, I'm sure that's Judas priest text taken over to make sure everything's going yeah. right. Cause you I mean, you're not going to entrust, you know, the, 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 venues guys to, you know, make yeah, sure everything's true. right before you go out there. So yeah, I would, I would say that was Judas priest guys. Huh.
1: All right. Well then screw them. I love yeah. Judas priest, but stop. <laughs> Look, I love Judas priest. I don't have that love for Megadeth, but Hey, you got to treat though. You got to treat the opening band with respect. Come on. That's bullshit.
2: Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, we kind of poked fun at andreas kisser a couple of weeks ago for for heading home and then obviously his uh his wife passed away uh you know a couple of days ago so i just wanted to send out a, a nice condolences from the uh, talk to me podcast yeah. out to the andreas kisser and family uh that, you know that's that's got to be tough man losing his wife that, i guess they've been together for a very long time too yeah like
1: 32 years or something and she was yeah. only like 52 or so we met her when she was like Twenty, you right? Know? I mean, it's like wow. That's a long. That's a long time in rock and roll years to be married. Thirty-two years. Whew. Oh yeah, that is. That's a long time. And, and yeah, cancer. That cancer just blows. Sorry, oh, yeah. I. <laughs> I know that's that's breaking news. And all, but you know, <laughs> you know. But cancer really does suck. But yeah, now I feel awful that we goofed on Andreas a little bit for leaving the tour. But yeah, yeah, it does suck. It's really. Hate to say it, but there's just a lot of sickness and death going on in these on these tours and everything right now. It just seems like everybody's either sick or people are dying or ugh, right. rough summer. Yeah. Tours have been uh, getting hit left and right, man. That's mm-hmm. yep. what you get when you're pretending that the fucking illness is over and you just go out there and tour for concerts with 20,000, 30,000 people. It's still there, folks. Be careful. I was listening to a uh, a Josta
2: show the other day that uh, Howard Jones was on and Howard actually said that he was um, Randy's backup for the first leg of the tour. So if, okay. if, if Randy would have went down, Howard Jones was prepared to come in and do it. Um, but uh, Randy got sick on the second leg of the tour and they hadn't let Howard know that there was a second leg or whatnot. And, uh, so that, so Howard was already in the studio, was unable to do it, but man, that would have been to see lamb of God with Howard Jones singing. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm Howard Jones could do anything and I'm going right. to see it, but, but, uh, you know, no offense to any. And I think even Josta said on the show that they even contacted him Wow, uh, it was like and uh, he was unavailable. So, I mean, you know, it kind of got down to Mark Hunter, but the, uh, man, I would have absolutely loved to have seen Howard Jones do a few shows with lamb of God. Would you have traveled? no I, I, no <laughs> but i mean if it was well let's see f- f- four maybe hours f- you know kind of in the, my surrounding areas st louis right. you know cincinnati indianapolis nashville somewhere in that in that vicinity but i think i mean it was just up in michigan which is not too too far away mm. but but uh yeah that would have been i mean i, I would have I watched the hell out of the youtube videos
1: yeah would you have taken the 200 hundred dollar plane flight to go to michigan uh, it, it, it'd be the same to drive it now. Right, with gas true, prices. Yeah. Don't get me started.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. I don't know, man. I, uh, $200 plane ticket. Probably still probably not, but, uh, I would have loved, I would have loved to have seen it on YouTube. How about that? There you go. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one more thing before we get into the interview, uh, this week with, uh, Charlie Benante anthrax and, uh, Matt burn of hate read. Um, we normally leave the movies and TV talk to the end of the show, but I did want to bring up one uh, thing we saw. Uh, just actually, we saw it July Fourth. Um, went to see Elvis. The movie. Okay, fucking fantastic movie. Really, it's so good. Like it's it's good because of the story, and it's good because I mean the cinematography is great. I, I the director of this movie, I forget. He's directed a couple of other things that are a bit uh, kind of little arcy fartsy i guess i I need to really dive into him but i mean i had heard good things about him alone um i love that time period of music like the sure the sun record stuff jerry lee and johnny cash and um and obviously the early elvis and they they just have a they just had a great way of showing all that stuff the kid that played elvis nailed it like he might have even been more handsome than elvis Like, like and um but, I mean, the wife loved it, and I asked her on the way out, you know, how much she knew about Elvis before that, because, I mean, I knew, you know, Colonel Tom Parker and, you know, the going yeah. to the Army. I mean, I, you knew all the bullet points of kind of Elvis's career, right. so nothing was too
1: far-fetched for me. How um, far do they go? Do they go from the start to Fat Elvis to the end or no?
2: Yeah, they go all the way to the end. They start, um he's already on Sun Records. Basically, they start when Colonel Tom Parker meets him because it's okay. It's kind of narrated by Tom Hanks who plays Colonel Tom Parker. Okay. Um, but it's, it's definitely just a, you know, and I watched it, you know, when I got I, anything like this, I'm going to, when I get home, I'm going to research a little bit more and get into it and sure. watch old, you know, clips and things like that. And, I mean, obviously it's, it's, you know, a two hour, two and a half hour movie they're going to have to kind of cram some stuff together. I mean, that's how these things are. They're never, they're not documentaries. That's the one thing that everybody always never understands about a biopic. (laughs) It's like, it's like, that's not how it happened. You know, you're going to hear that all the time. But I mean, for the most part, they got, they got all the bullet points, right. You know, they might've crammed, you know, uh, you know, Colonel Tom Parker might not have been there for this, that, and the other thing. But for the most part, you know, they, they, they told a pretty accurate to my knowledge story of elvis and man the 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 costumes and the look and even through the through the
1: years man i think they just absolutely crushed it that's awesome no i have not seen that one yet i'll i'll wait for hbo yeah (laughs) i mean i'm I'm sure it'll be here shortly
2: i was kind of they did do um they did kind of update some of the elvis music a little bit and and added a little bit of a nuanced flavor to it. And I was kind of curious because when we went, you know, the, a lot of old whites there, you know, a lot of old. Okay. And so I was kind of curious to see what they would have thought of, because I think that would be the one stickler that people had with it. Cause right. they kind of updated the music a little bit. So even though it was still like, you know, hound dog or whatever, they kind of added a rap verse maybe, but it, it didn't sound bad and it did really well. But I think if you didn't care for that style of music, you would probably be like, what'd yeah. they do that for? but i think for the most part i think they
1: nailed it but that's just in the like the the credits and whatnot right that's not that's not when he's on stage no no, a no, no. A <laughs> no, <out>. no no <laughs> it, it was more
2: like yeah yeah like transitional scenes and things like okay. that there was you know
1: yeah. like
2: a scene of him walking up and down bill street or something you know like, okay no dialogue no you know it's kind of background music but yeah um, all right I didn't realize that it that that was maybe the some of the stuff I didn't know was was maybe how much closer to like guys like BB King he was. Um, they kind of show him and BB having a little bit more of a friendship than you may have thought, and sure, and him hanging out kind of in the uh, the Bill Street like you know uh, African American clubs and things like that. Like a little bit more, he was a little bit maybe a little bit more into the subculture of that than maybe right. m- most people let on. But yeah, I think they 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 nailed it, man.
1: Now how did they portray the the um not Lisa Marie Priscilla thing? Did they per- per- portray it as a beautiful love story or did they portray it as creepy as fuck?
2: Um I would say they I think if you knew the story they didn't really sugarcoat it. Okay. Um because he did like like cuz I told you they said that that their, Colonel Tom Parker is narrating it. Right. So um he, you know, and they met while he was in the army and she was like a commanding officer's daughter or something. Sure. And uh and he did say something like Elvis fell for blah blah blah's teenage daughter. Like they right. they they said it, but they didn't say like underage or anything like that, but but yeah, they 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 definitely uh, you know, didn't didn't sugarcoat it or or bypass it. They right. said it, but I, you know, unless you really knew it knew it, you know, they sure. would, uh I don't know if you would catch that part.
1: Well, and that's, that's always what happens with Elvis biopics really yeah. is they either, everything's great or everything's awful. I've watched a million. I'm i I'm a total Elvis fan, Yeah, which I'm, I honestly didn't even know that movie was out yet. I I've seen the commercials, but I didn't know it was out. Yeah. I need to go see that. But, um, but that's always been the, the sticking point is they always portray that as either this glorious love story or they portray it as completely creepy and awful. And it's the same with, um, how they portray um, him with the girls backstage with the whole yeah. Elvis has left the building thing. They either portray it as he was the, he was the next Beatle or the first Beatle, rather, or they portray it as he was a pig, you know, <laughs> it's like, eh, he was kind of living for the time, you know, that right. was, that was the time. And he was the biggest star at the time.
2: Yeah. I mean, they, they, they definitely, they play up the, you know, girls going crazy about him. Like he starts sure. to, you know, wiggle a hip a little bit and girls freak out. But I mean, it's, it's like I said, man, it's a great movie. I would, I would definitely recommend it to anybody. Sure, A you know, gr- fun movie to be, you know, a fun movie B, you know, if you like that time period, I think they, they really nail like their, the, the Hayride movie, you know, the Hayride, mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know, tours and things like that. And, you know, they sure. look, it looks great. dude. you know what's weird about Elvis's career is, Obviously, after they die after he died, they had to audit his money and what and yeah. figure out his money. And the dude really didn't make a lot of money. Like right. maybe Colonel Tom did, but even he, I don't think, made I mean, when you when you see the numbers, and if I'm not mistaken, it was like 50 million dollars or something. Yeah. And you think about how big Elvis was. There's no star today yeah. that is as big as Elvis was back in the sixties and seventies. And to think that, you know, basketball players, average basketball players that most people haven't even heard of made, make four times as much money as Elvis did in a four year contract. Now it's like, that just is insane to me. Just thinking about, you know, that he was playing for peanuts. Really? He really didn't make, I mean, he was rich. He was rich for the time, I guess, but he really didn't make any money. That's pretty sad. Yeah. They touch on that
2: because that's one of the reasons I think the, in the movie, that's one of the reasons that he can't get rid of Colonel Tom Parker is because Colonel Tom, I guess uh, audited or not audited him, but, uh, but, but, you know, basically build him when he tried to fire him for like all this sure. stuff over the years. And, you know, it was like $8 million that he wanted and Elvis couldn't afford it. Sure. And, Colonel Tom says, you know, I mean, a Colonel Tom was making. you know, they, they had a 50 50 deal, which oh. is insanity. <laughs> right. But then on top of that, out of Elvis's share, you know, he's, he's paying off the Memphis mafia and, and all of his friends and the cars and the pink Cadillacs and the, you know, mm-hmm. this, that, and the other thing. So, I mean, yeah, he was
1: blowing through money left and right. Yeah. yeah. It just, it's just amazing. When, when you think about how huge he was, and then you think about the fact that Priscilla made the Elvis Foundation, whatever it's called, Elvis Aaron Presley Foundation. And she's made what a hundred times the money that he right. ever made. Yeah. That's just insane when you think about that.
2: Well, that they did, you know, obviously all this is out there, but that's the one thing that they they talked about that they little screen credits or whatever at the end. They said that at the spoiler alert, but uh after Elvis's death, I guess the state like sued t- colonel tom and 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 they basically a court said that that colonel tom's uh contract had never been before or after anything like that he was overstepping his bounds i think they right. settled with they settled with him and he never got any another dime from elvis okay so so, wow. so now and also elvis is the uh, still the highest selling solo artist of all time so all that sure. money is going to Priscilla and Lisa Marie. Priscilla still alive? Actually, I meant to. Yeah, I think that she's.
1: I think she's still alive. Pretty yeah. sure she yeah. is. Why wouldn't she be? She was only like ten when she met him. <laughs> True, but uh, but she's yeah, probably man, forty-one man. now. <laughs> she's,
2: that's yeah, that's crazy. He died at forty-two, man. And you know, like yeah. growing up, you know, growing up, you're always like old fat Elvis, you know, mm-hmm. and then. You know, I just turned 43, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah.
0: you
2: know, it's just crazy to think that, you know, y'all, growing up, you always thought Elvis was old when he died. I mean, I guess he was, I guess you never really thought he was old, old when he died, but mm. you always hear old, fat Elvis. Yeah. He was just, well, 42. he was old.
1: I, I just, I remember the day he died. It was like August, whatever, 12th or something. It's somewhere in August Yeah, is his, is his death date in 77. And I remember my mom crying like, like a member of her family died. Yeah, Like just the whole, like for a week, just all sad and Elvis records constantly playing, you know, it was like, wow, this is pretty. I remember I was like nine years old or whatever. I like drew a picture of Elvis and gave it to my mom to try and make her feel better. (laughs) That's It just, it moved people in a different way than I think, I guess music does in a way. Like I know for me when Dimebag died, I was extremely upset, but then again, I knew the guy, you know. And but I think a lot of people are like that with certain guys. I think a lot of people were moved when like Dio died, or yeah, in our world, you know, or obviously Dimebag, or you know, there's a few Lemmy. Um I don't think there was a, There's anything now that will ever rival that, though. Do you? That'll rival Elvis. That'll Elvis's rival... death. Yeah. No.
2: That he was. Cultural phenomenon, yeah. You know, just just a, a one of one type dude, and sure. just uh you know the whole. They always, you know, they they, they kind of said the same thing about Jerry Lee a little bit with the whole like you know the take the black music and add the white music to it. And you got you know the the piano playing of, of mm-hmm. Jerry Lee, and you, you know the same thing with Elvis. You know, you've got the you know basically cultural appropriation or whatever you want to call right. it. You know, him kind of taking the 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 black music and and celebrating it i mean the one thing in the the movie does say does show that that elvis definitely celebrated the music rather than he was out to like do anything malicious sure and and you know i think he, he honored that music rather than you know stealing it and all the other stuff but sure he waited for led zeppelin to do that
0: <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> take that back man
2: well speaking of some great music what a tour man and this anthrax black label society hate breed tour uh when that was announced it was like you know that's that's the way to do it man anthrax is roughly celebrating 40 years because of covid there to take a couple of years off but roughly 40 years of anthrax and uh there's also roughly uh 20 years of uh, hate breeds perseverance so it's mm-hmm. gonna be a nice uh nice anniversary shows all around
1: oh yeah perseverance that's like that's like my my jam there from hate breed Oh yeah That's that's definitely my go-to Good shit Definitely can't go wrong But uh, yeah, so let's dive into some uh, How about
2: we do Anthrax first Then we'll do the interview And then we'll end up with some hate reader And then Chris and I will be back with you Momentarily Guys, let's welcome about Charlie Benante and Matt Byrne to the Talk To Me podcast here at NotFest.com. Uh, Charlie, Matt, man, how are you guys doing today? We
3: are doing great. Uh, <laughs> Matt and I just got off. We did like uh, a bunch of uh, phone interviews. We did like 70 of them in like uh, 20 minutes. am only
2: we roll, So every we question can. has already been answered.
3: Yes. What's your, what's your favorite band member? Uh um <laughs> are you looking forward to the tour what are right. you not looking forward to you know favorite city fun you've fun. ever
2: played nice oh. those are all good qu let me mark some of these questions out on my list here wow. but uh
3: <laughs> yeah don't don't ask those questions <laughs>
2: <laughs> they've already gotten to them, man um well let's kind of dive into Charlie first, man. Uh, Anthrax being out, uh this is kind of a forty year anniversary thing. You guys have been doing so much with the 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 you know, the documentary stuff and and all the good the fun stuff on YouTube, the Anthrax XL and uh, you know, just kind of going out. I mean, how how have you enjoyed kind of looking back over the career doing these documentaries and things like that for YouTube?
3: Um, it was it was fun to look back and uh Matt and I were talking about the the documentary series that that we had put together and it was great to get everybody involved in it and uh speaking about a certain story or a certain uh you know record or whatever and getting their point of view and it was it was all positive yeah there was some negativity throughout the history of the band but what band doesn't have that um right. so uh for me it was reliving those days and it's if it, it I guess if there's one thing I regret is like, it just went by too fast. Um, and it's sometimes with me, it's like, if I'm on a tour it's just like, Oh man, I can't wait for this to be over. You know, it's, and then you look back at it and you kind of say, wow, that, that went too fast, you know?
2: Right. And then Matt with you, I mean, obviously 20 years of haybri, 20 years of perseverance, things like that. I mean, you're getting, you know, half the time that T- Charlie's had an anthrax, but I mean, you know, how, how have the last 20 years been for you in, in Haybreed?
4: Uh, Kind of the same thing. Like some things feel like they happened yesterday and some things uh, I wish they were still happening in there 20 years ago. You know, I don't know, just experiences or people that aren't around anymore, you know, working with certain people or whatever. Um, yeah, it's I mean, in general, it's all been a whirlwind because I've always like approached it as. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we could be in a situation like a warrant or a hairband or something, and then a Nirvana comes out and right. the world is over. It's changed or whatever. <laughs> so I, I, I never took anything for granted, I think. I've I just enjoyed the ride as much as possible and trying to see as much as I can as the out the windows as the bus is rolling, you know, and the train's going. And uh yeah i'm like that anyway like i'm the guy who's like oh yeah that was like two years ago no that was like 12 years ago man but, <laughs> right You know, but it feels like it's it's there so it's a mix of yeah. the two i guess
2: but you're still yeah. the new drummer in haybreed to me so
4: <laughs> right? i'll always be the new guy man <laughs> i'm like number 13 or something in their <laughs> right. well, we had a lot of drummers before you really <laughs> 2001 i get no cred come on
2: it's like don't <laughs> oh, tap
4: yeah what's
2: up with that well charlie i mean talk about that the, a little bit of what matt was talking about there i mean obviously anthrax has been the peaks and valleys of anthrax you know you guys uh, you know where, where metal has been you know the most popular thing out there then not so popular but then back and forth and, and now i mean the legacy of anthrax speaks for itself but you know how did how did you kind of kind of weather, weather the peaks and valleys through all those years
3: um they were hard times and then uh You know, but you always have to remember it's probably just a moment and it'll pass and uh, good things are still to come. But um, I would say those latter 90s, those were some of the hardest times um, when metal was such a dirty word, you know, which is it it was so strange to us because you had all this kind of alternative stuff happening. But there was that one band that was Pantera that was still doing amazing. So there was still a, a whole metal audience, but it was just weird how the media just wanted you to think that metal's dead. And I think, like Matt said about the, the hair bands, um, Nirvana came and just was like a tidal wave, just washed it all away. And whoever stood, well, then that meant, that meant something, you know? But it was never for us. It was never about an image or just it lacked, you know, Musicality because the music always came first, or at least in our heads, we told ourselves that the music came first. You know,
2: that was always so strange to me Be- being a fan of metal in the late 90s. You know, to me, metal was massive, but then I was going to see Overkill play in front of you know 30 people in Nashville. <laughs> it was a very strange time, but I love that all those right. bands have kind of weathered the storm. And now I've kind of came out on the other end of it, man, you know, legacy acts and whatever you want to call it, man. It's, you know, still packing out theaters and clubs and things like that. It's great to see.
3: Well, that's the thing I say to to these people, like don't sleep on this, this tour coming up because you're only going to have a few more years of seeing like a a lot of these bands because they are going to go away, you know, not because they want to, it's because just time, you know, catches up and you're not going to be able to do it at this pace anymore. So I would say, go come out, you know, go see every fucking show you possibly could, (laughs) you know, spend all, spend all your money.
2: (laughs) Go to the merch table, buy all the merch, buy all the coffee.
4: (laughs) It's the perfect setting because everyone's been locked up in their houses up to this point. Anyway, so it's like, go out and see, go out and have a good time. Get out, go enjoy yourself, you know, yeah, enjoy because yourself.
3: the other thing for, for us guys up on stage, the, the 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 thing that gets us going the most is when that audience gets going and you just work together, you know, in concert. And it's, oh man, it's, there's nothing better than that. When you, you are just one with each other and the shit just goes like, like a popcorn like making popcorn when that starts to heat up, it just starts popping everywhere.
2: You talk about that. The one thing that with, with drummers, I mean, you know, Gene Hoagland has been on the show a few times talking about wanting to play into his seventies, which I kind of think he will, but, but I I mean, you know, most heavy bands, you know, we're starting to see the drummers are kind of the first guys kind of out of the band just because it's so physical to play drums and into into your your you know old older age later years however you want to say it man so how are you uh how, how are you holding up charlie and uh I, I, this this question is not coming out the way it's in my head but i'm just I, saying I, I, like I, I, like the thrash guys we're starting to see the you know the kind of the wear and tear and uh you know how long do you see you doing you know thrash drums
3: uh i don't know I mean, that's the thing. I, I don't know. Let's see how this tour goes in, <laughs> in, in August, and then I'll tell you after that. But um, for me, it's like a lot of times it's singers that lose it first. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they lose a lot of their highs in their voice, and uh, they can't sing, and then you have to detune like two steps down or or, or yeah. half step down or whatever in order for them to kind of be able to sing. But I think drummers, it's funny to me, I could play the fastest shit Easier than I could play like kind of the slow type of stuff. I think that takes more out of me for some reason. <laughs> Maybe Matt will say the same thing or the opposite.
2: Yeah, Matt, what are you doing uh, to kind of kind of take care of yourself there? Are you feeling the wear and tear of 20 years of, of hey breed?
4: I've found that I, um, I've adjusted my thinking while I'm playing and I have to think slow. Just whenever anything's happening, just think slow. Like, you know, I, I'm hearing the song in my head, but just, you know, Hey, just just lay back, just lay back. Instead of you know, like just think slow, and then I I find that middle ground. You know, it's like I guess it's all, it really is adrenaline control, um, and I, I'm more conscious of it now. Where I feel like there was like a stretch of years where I was like the wind up monkey.
0: One, two, three, four. Let's
4: go, You know, songs that are three, four minutes long or like two and a half, you know, and it's just yeah. pure adrenaline. So I think I've become, me and Charlie were talking about this before of like, I've become from being in the basement now, I've kind of like refocused and it's just me down there when I'm playing, no crowd, no other guys, me and the headphones. I'm just me in the song and I, I, I'm more in the moment and I'm thinking of what's going on and I feel what my body's doing and I'm just more conscious of it and I'm concentrating on that and trying to separate the feeling that adrenaline rush and the adrenaline rush that I get from being in the moment with the crowd and all the craziness around you, like just kind of putting yourself in a bubble and just focusing on like what feels good.
3: Exactly. There's been times for me where um, I'll come out like when the, when the show starts and I look at the audience and then I may not look at the audience again for about eight songs into the, into the set because I'm just so focused and I was talking to a friend of mine uh, a couple of weeks ago about meditation and stuff like that. And I, I was telling him that there are times when I'm playing that it's almost like meditation. I forget where I am and I'm just so in that zone. And it's like meditating, you know, I kind of lose it and just go somewhere else. And those are usually the best shows for me when I don't even pay attention to what's going on, you know, I just hear everybody. It's like a great mix. And man, I'm like, I have an Oculus machine, you know, thing on my head and I'm just playing, you know.
2: You know, maybe one day that'll be touring. Everyone gets an Oculus and, you know, you stay at home.
3: (laughs) Dude, I would love that.
4: (laughs) We're almost there.
2: Well yeah, Almost, we're probably not we're probably closer than we realized to uh to all that. The one thing you did, Charlie, during the, the pandemic was kind of doing the silver lining stuff where you where you got a bunch of your friends together over the internet, you know, you know, basically what we're talking about. Uh how was that how much fun was that for you to just kind of get everybody together in different ways to uh to kind of record and just do some fun stuff?
3: I was uh believe me, it was more <laughs> for my state of mind than it was for anything else because I was going absolutely nuts. I was watching the news 24 seven. Uh, I was a complete nut. And then, uh, Carla was the one who told me to shut it off and go, 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 go be creative and go do something. And that's exactly what I did. And, um, I called up Alex Skolnick and hurrah, uh, And I said, you guys want to do this Rush Jam with me? And they were like, yeah, let's do it. And that's how it started. And it just snowballed because we enjoyed it so much. And we ended up putting an EP out uh, a couple of months ago, the Moving Pictures EP, which is all Rush songs, came out after the Silver Linings thing. But, man, it was so much fun doing that with everybody. And it helped them, too, to get through the the week or month that they were having, you know? So it was a, it was a tough time for everybody. You know, I think it still hasn't worn off yet because we were talking, Scott and I were talking the other day is we've been home with our families and now we have to go back on out on a bus. How are we going to transition? How do we make both work? You know, like we once did, but it's, it's a strange thing. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's all about, it's all about the fans at this point, going out there and seeing them. And I, I I really think, you know, like I said before, they should don't sleep on this. You you need you need to show up. Or else we're gonna go back into COVID. I'm telling
2: you. <laughs> COVID will come back. Yes, if uh, yeah. you do not go to the uh, the black <laughs> label anthrax hate breed tour. <laughs> You know, I was looking at some of the dates on there, and one of them, the dates that jumps out to me is that, you know, I grew up in Nashville, and uh, you guys play in the Ryman Auditorium, man. That That is a classic Legendary. venue. So many cool stuff. So many cool things going on there. I, I almost want to drive down just to see the uh, see the show just because of the historic venue.
3: No, you have to drive down. Yeah.
4: <laughs> you're committed <laughs> now.
2: Well, you're, you're, <laughs> you're
4: in it, man. If, if it's drivable, you're there. Right,
3: you're you're going to have to intro us
2: well i would definitely do that that would be great that would be awesome um you know i was looking i was looking into perseverance uh you know 20 years of perseverance and it's the ironic thing is john uh how do you say john's last name I, i've had him on the show uh from anthrax john's last name Doné. is donate donate so yeah john donate is on perseverance how crazy is that That the uh the how everything's kind of coming full circle for him too on this tour
4: Oh, did he I think he did backing vocals? Gang,
2: yeah, it says gang vocals on the other. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the he did gang vocals.
4: <laughs> um yeah, I mean, geez, that was 2001 going into 2002 when we recorded it. We did it in Massachusetts. So, you know, Home of Shadows Fall, Home of yeah. Overcast, Home of Kill Switch, Engage, you know. Right. So uh, and we all, we all came up together, you know, late nineties, uh early two thousands. So that was when things were really starting to pop for all of us. So it was like you know new england family type vibes going on you know
3: it's so cool i thought that whole scene that you guys had was like uh i mean i thought every band had a, a different identity um, absolutely
4: yeah yes
3: you, know, you, you all sound different but yet you all kind of work together really well
0: too
4: yeah. uh you had but yeah, Had more hardcore punk stuff, and then metal, more metal, and then Killswitch, of course, was starting to do you know real like melodic vocals and stuff like that. Like every every band had their own trademark sound. All that remains: Shadows Fall, Killswitch, Hatebreed, you know, yeah. um, On Earth, yeah, we're On Earth, yeah, another great band. We toured with them plenty of times back in the day. Um, all good dudes, and yeah, it was like it was like a pack, you know,
3: and Extreme. Don't forget Extreme. <laughs>
2: Aerosmith. How can I forget? <laughs> oh yeah, Aerosmith too. All
4: right. <laughs> Somebody named Aerosmith.
2: Yeah. Well, that, you know, we, I've talked about that on the show many times. Where, where you know, my fandom of music, you know, I was into the Corn and Bizkit and Deftones and all that, but then like Killswitch and Unearth and all those guys up there started to come out, and you're like, oh, you play guitar solos again, or you know, you can be heavy and 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 you know, double bass again. It was it was it was a nice uh, you know breath of fresh air at the time.
4: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Shred. Shred was coming back, you know? because mm-hmm. when you, when you take hate breed, like in the, in the late nineties or mid nineties to late nineties, like we were kind of an answer to the post hardcore thing that was really big, like the quicksands and stuff, nothing against any of those bands. I mean, mm-hmm. that was just the wave that was happening. Like as at one time metal was kind of like, like passe, you know, and Pantera was holding it uh, alive. Like, Hardcore was the same thing. It was like, kind of like, I don't know, it was there, but it wasn't as popular as it was. So where the post hardcore thing was happening and then hate breed comes to kind of bring that back. Like, you know, you go from more melodic and more singy, like almost emo was starting, you know, in that direction too. And we take it back to the, you know, Neanderthal caveman. <laughs> right. you know? Um, that was our answer to all that. Um, and it was fresh at the time because it was like holy shit, just ripping people's heads off. Absolutely,
2: Charlie. Today is uh, as we record Phil Insulmo's birthday. I saw you post about that. Man, give me one. Give me one good Pantera story as we kind of start winding down here.
3: One. <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, uh, dude! There's so many. I, 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 well, one of the last times I saw Daryl. Um, they had played the house of blues here. Hell yeah. And we ended up going downstairs to the house of blues where the jazz band blues band plays. And there was a whole thing set up there and we were jamming skid row songs and other songs, whatever. (laughs) And we were so, everybody was so drunk, but it was so much fun. And we ended up doing it till like five in the morning. And it was the last time I saw him and I always say uh, that was, for me, it was a send off because I didn't know it was going to be the last time, but it was such a great last meeting of hanging with him. And, uh, and I just always remember that time, you know, John Denae was there, he was singing. He was singing Sebastian Bach,
0: <laughs> but the
4: video, you know, of, that.
3: There's so video of that. But uh-huh. yeah, but today's Philip's birthday and of course, happy birthday. I I was I was texting with him before. He's always been known as the kid, right? With those guys. So,
2: <laughs> too fun. Uh a couple quick fun things before we get out of here, man. Uh, uh, Charlie, what do you think about Obi-Wan? Did you like the Obi-Wan Kenobi series?
3: Wow. Good question. So, I thought I thought it started out slow. I liked where it went, but um I'm not sure I liked it more than The Mandalorian. Right. But I'm I'm interested. Uh, I didn't like Boba Fett that much. I thought, yeah. I don't know what the fuck's going on here. You know, it's like, and then it turned into The Mandalorian. Right. So, but I like that they're bringing in the other characters, but I don't know if they necessarily need their own shows. Why can't they just make cameos in, you know, The Mandalorian? Mm-hmm. But I I love Obi-Wan, though. I, I thought, I love and McGregor. Uh, I just don't know if the story was what I wanted
2: the one thing that I liked about what what it did with Darth Vader is it made you feel like Anakin Skywalker is in the suit you know mm-hmm. because because it, watching the prequels and everything else over the years I never really put Hayden Christensen or you know or Anakin Skywalker in the Darth hey. Vader suit but right. now when I watch we we watched Obi-Wan and, and was watching with the kids we put on A New Hope and it felt like you know, Anakin's in that, in that suit.
3: Yeah. I, I, like I said, I thought there were elements of it that, that were really good. I, I liked the evil of, we saw Darth Vader, you know, mm-hmm. do, do some damage. And I was like, okay, this is cool. But I, I felt it was only like six episodes. Yeah. Before, uh, you know, sure. it could have, it could have went a little longer, but, um, but Hey,
4: I, I thought it was good. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Matt, are you a star Wars guy? Yes, I am. Nice. And your thoughts on (laughs) Obi-Wan?
4: Charlie, I was going to, I was going to add my two cents, but he covered it because it was, it was, it was great, but the Mandalorian was better than Obi-Wan, but Obi-Wan was better than Boba Fett. So it's kind of this weave thing going on.
3: It's exactly how I feel. And for me, those three other movies that had come out, I felt was just marketed for more kids and more to sell toys, whereas um, Rogue One, I felt was made for the Star Wars fan, the adult Star Wars fan, and uh, The Mandalorian was was made for that too, if you know what I mean. Because the people who work on it are geeks, they love Star Wars, and I was so happy that they had John Favreau and, and just the other people that were working on it did such a great job, so yeah.
2: There you go, and uh, and and Charlie, do you know you're about to tour with the guy that posted a photo of a pizza that was a salad pizza, and he and he's backing this salad pizza as a viable thing to eat.
4: I love it. I love salad pizza. <laughs> Who doesn't love salad pizza?
2: I've never seen salad it pizza
3: in my life. It. That's not a real it thing. So, so the, the the thing about salad pizza, now just say Matt, of course, knows this. Um, there's no cheese on it. It's basically some sauce, and then they put, uh, um, you know, lettuce and different types of vegetables on top of it, and you could top it with a little bit of dressing. And the combination of that with the crust and the dough, it's fucking magic.
4: <laughs> Sold. See, listen, everybody. <laughs> little bit of vinaigrette on top. Little vinaigrette. <laughs> But,
2: I assumed you know, I was going to get some sort of you know New Yorker thing out of you and uh, and and want to you know burn Matt to the ground. <laughs>
3: <laughs> when I first moved here to to, uh, to Chicago, um, I'm not going to insult anybody from Chicago, but they don't know how to make pizza. Um, <laughs> they they do it in a way that was very foreign to me. It was like, they cut it in like, just like squares and stuff like that. So there's no edge, you can't fold it. You can't do anything with it. it's just, what is this? You know, in New York, you go get a slice of pizza, you fold it and you walk, and right. you, you know, can't do that, you know? And they they're big on deep dish. I'm not big on deep dish here, you know?
4: I say, I love the deep dish. So. That's the thing about the New York slice. Yeah, it's a, it, a one handed thing, no matter what you do with it the fold, the traditional, whatever. It's just one hand, go for it. When go you try to get a knife out, I mean, people do that. that that's not my thing.
3: Go yeah. I'm not, against that. I'm not against it, but if Saturday Night Fever was made in, in Chicago, the opening sequence, <laughs> what, 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 what would it have been? He couldn't right. <laughs> all over his polyester suit. right. Far. It wouldn't work. Right? So just for Saturday night fever alone, New York pizza wins. <laughs>
2: all right, one last drum question. I'll let you guys get out of here. Um, obviously two drummers on the show. I don't know if, if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but um how often do you guys check out other drummers? Are you guys are you guys talking <laughs> drums to each other? What
3: are we doing? I, I know Matt knows the answer to this one too. No matter, I pick up my phone, I'll go look at Instagram, a million fucking drum videos come over and like from little kids to old ladies to whoever. So it's hard to get away from it. So yeah. every day I'm, I'm, I'm watching somebody play something, you know what I mean? And it's like, okay, I love it. Great. So yeah, it we're, we're influenced without even knowing we're being influenced.
0: Yeah.
4: I've definitely caught some stuff. You know, you, you you check out a couple things on the phone, and then you're in the algorithm, right? And okay. then that's true. All of a sudden, you're bombarded. Oh. Definitely picked up some stuff where I'm like, "Whoa, I got to go try that real quick," <laughs> or whatever. It's
3: it a, it's unbelievable. Like it's so much that I'm playing in a church band this Sunday because I I got my gospel chops down. So it's like <laughs> I'm going I'm going for it. <laughs> like, I, I love it. Hit those chars down
2: <laughs> Are you are you drum nerdy enough to like really sit back and asking you know like is it a paradiddle or you know things like that? Are you are you asking each other questions out on tour or are you just like like slyly looking over like man that motherfucker's playing that you know <laughs> that kind of that beat again or something?
3: Uh, what it, uh, I don't know what show I'm going to do it in, but I'm going to go up there and interrupt Matt during the set. I'm going to be like, can you, can you slow that down for me? Like they do on the internet. So it's like left, right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left. left. Hi
4: hat. You know, you lead with your left there. Cool. Cool.
0: Cool.
3: Those videos are the greatest where the guy's like, and then it's like, and then it's like, but
4: uh, psh, oh <laughs> and there's the ticker growing going across the bottom with the notation. <laughs> oh my god.
2: <laughs> Too fun. Uh last question, Matt. Uh when you when you were growing up listening to metal, were you ever gonna change your last name to B-U-R-N as like as like your metal name?
4: <laughs> Would that be a metal name? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> 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 that's never crossed my mind. First time it's ever been brought up. You're very original. I've never thought that. But my worry was always like, you know, I never thought of having a stage name. I don't know. That's just not the band or me or whatever. But I knew immediately, like, oh yeah, half the people in the world are going to mispronounce this. I've been putting up with Byron my whole life, or Bernie, <laughs> or Brian, or uh, crap <laughs> forever. <laughs> tell me about it.
3: Next I, I, album. I wish- I wish we could all be like Peter Chris. That's my name. <laughs> right. That's it. Can't fuck that name up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what was it, Chris, was it? Chris Cola.
3: Chris Cola. Yeah.
2: Chris Cola. Yeah. yeah. There we go.
3: Man, all right, yesterday uh, they, yeah. they leaked this 1975 concert from yep. like, uh, I think it was from Maryland. Oh, it, it's awesome. Peter, Peter is on fire.
2: Yeah. They're starting uh, to release those uh, soundboard uh, recordings, man. I'm I'm really excited to get into some of the older stuff.
3: Yeah, I love when he was on fire.
4: So did I? What's uh the last show is what it's going to be under the Brooklyn Bridge? The very last Kiss show is that a thing? Is that what
1: it is? Is I, that I don't, what don't know if be be heard anywhere,
4: somewhere like at a major landmark or something like that.
3: Oh, I thought it was the Garden. I thought they were going to. Is it going to be, be at the garden? the garden? I just figured
4: yeah. it was going to be some crazy like I don't know they set up at the Statue of Liberty and just like filming with drones <laughs> or something you know and everything's going off I just always like some New York landmark right in the middle of Grand Central that would be cool
2: that would be nice well charlie matt you guys uh, good luck out on tour black label society anthrax and hybrid out on tour together man uh, pleasure to have you guys on the uh, on the show this week and uh, thanks for hanging out with us talk to me podcast not fest.com
4: Cheers. Much appreciated.
3: Later, guys. Have a happy fourth.
2: Oh, you too. Take care, Charlie.
3: Go blow later. shit up.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. All right,
3: <laughs> <Bye>, guys. <laughs> See,
4: you.
0: See you later. I know you're a hero of life. <laughs> struggle with faith. And all it takes everything that you have to face the dead. The virtue of success. I bring eternal pain. All you have is to die. <laughs> for a life you cannot die. All your heroes have failed to <laughs> get your try and prevail. Make sure I torment and dismantle your save Solitude Discipline and determination You can't accept what you've been told Anchored in shame You must reverse your descent Declare the weight of the world Has it to claim you? It's coming up
2: A huge thank you to Charlie Benante and Matt Byrne for taking some time here on the Talk To Me podcast, not fest.com. And uh, before we get out of here today, let's uh, let's do a little bit of uh, recommendations for the week. Chris, what do you got?
1: I got two, um, and I don't think you can buy either yet, but I guess you could probably find them on um, on YouTube. You can at least sample them. Number one, and you heard it too, the new Soulfly. Yeah. Totem. That. that is fucking a especially, especially heavy record. Yeah. Wow. You know, you and I were talking before we got started. It is great that they got rid of all the bounce and now it's just a almost a death metal band. Yeah. So good, so heavy. Really, really am digging this new one totem. You liking it? Uh
2: I liked it. I liked it maybe not as much as the last little fly album. I think the last one was great. I, I do think they are missing Mark Rizzo. Um, I I I was listening to it because I mean you Give it such glowing praise that you know we got sent the you know the promo, promo. link because we're yeah. super famous m- music journalists, <laughs> right? And um <clears throat> I uh I was listening to it and knowing that you loved it, and I'm like, all right, well, you know, Chris normally doesn't you know s- steer you the wrong way. So I was listening to it and, and it kind of goes back to what I was telling Max about the, the Soulfly shows with Dino, is they kind of cut out all the f- all the noodling and stuff, and it's right. just basically a bare bones metal album it does it does sound a little bit more like maybe old school Sepultura as mm-hmm. opposed to Soulfly to me like it's definitely okay. more of
1: a meat and potatoes heavy record yeah well that's what I like just bring it bring it and keep it brutal I'm in, I'm in. so I'll like it more than you that's fine you can you can be wrong on this one it's okay yeah. <laughs> it, it needs more Fred Durst yeah. oh yeah sure <laughs> And then the second one is, is very different from that. Um, There's this band called the grave bathers. And I know the name of the band is absolutely terrible, but it's kind of, um, I don't even know what you'd call this. It's like sort of a doom metal meets psychedelic type thing. It's like if Emerson Lake and Palmer joined cathedral, that's what you would get. (laughs) It's, it's really odd. But it's, it's really, really fantastic. And I mean, if you like doom metal at all, like cathedral or bands like that, this is your shit. It's really thick, really heavy and, um, but kind of clean vocal. So that's the other one. Um, the, what is this thing called? It is called rock and roll fetish. That's the name of the album and it's the grave bathers. So look for them. If you're looking for something interesting and different.
2: (laughs) Definitely have to check those out. Um, quickly, uh, Clerks Three trailer came out today. Uh, definitely check that out. It looks very promising. It's very meta. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, it's kind of based on uh, Kevin Smith's heart attack, and then kind of, uh, you know, Randall kind of turns into the Kevin Smith character. Right. Then he makes a movie about the Quick Stop, and it's it's very you know fourth dimensional or whatnot. From what he right. what I can tell from the trailer, uh, they did a little quick instagram like q a session today uh as i was at work check i I listened to that while i was at work for a little bit and then uh watched the trailer afterwards man i i I just i'm I'm a massive kevin smith honk so you know anything he does especially in this world in the u.s universe uh
1: i'm definitely all for and it seems to be like this is gonna be a fun movie the hardest part about this is now we gotta wait a long time Cause isn't yeah. it like September ninth or something when it comes out? September something.
2: Yeah, I didn't even look at the the release date. I don't. I don't know if he's going to do like he did with the last movie and tour it around before it goes into the actual, you know, movie theaters, or if this is going to be in theaters all the time or whatnot. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to some Clerks
1: three. I'm looking forward to it. You know, and and it's funny because if if you go back to Clerks two, Clerks two to me was a dog. I I, I didn't I I, I don't it. love Clerks two. It was okay. It just wasn't Clerks yeah. one, and I guess right. that's when you name it Clerks, then that is the standard, and nothing's going to beat Clerks, right? Clerks two, uh, I don't know. I liked, <laughs> not loved. I mean, there's some funny stuff in it. Yeah, I could have done without 30 minutes of donkey fucking, but you know, I could have could have done without that whole arc, right? But um, you know, I'm I, I'm like you. Kevin Smith does no wrong, you know. Um, I I went and saw Jason Mewes not that long ago, went and saw him do his comedy thing. I mean, he's he and the Kevin Smith stuff is like I'm I'm the same with like you. If if Kevin Smith's involved, it's at least getting a chance. I don't care if it's Red State or Zach right. and Mary make a porno, whatever. I really didn't have any interest in either of those, except that Kevin Smith was involved. So right. th- therefore, I checked them both out. Well, Zach Amiri was really good. I like it was. Uh, Red State was okay. Right. I mean, it wasn't the worst horror movie I'd ever seen, but it wasn't great either. But um, I think know. the only thing he's done that that I didn't care for was Tusk. I, I just yeah, Tusk. G was was he Geely? No, what was the one he did um, with um, F- it might have been Geely. Was was he involved in Geely? But I don't know. He did one. I know he did one. Yeah, one like movie, movie that I just watched and was like, no. But yeah, give me give me the stuff in his universe. I'm all in. Whether it's yeah. small rats or clerks or, you know, any of it. Other than re- reboot wasn't very good either.
2: <laughs> and yoga hosers. Yeah. But. I mean, like I said, but you kind of keep it in that
1: Jay and Son of the Bob world, and and I'm all for it. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it no matter what. I mean, again, I'm saying I didn't like reboot. I literally bought it on pre-order before it even <laughs> came out and watched it ten times before I decided I didn't like it. So, right, you know,
2: um, two more things. We did the uh, we did Star Wars: uh, Return of the Jedi with the Louisville Orchestra. Not really a recommendation, but more of a uh, kind of a critique. Man, that was that was pretty awesome to see it was it's a it's at the uh, performance center two thousand people in there you know t- you know tiered seating like a like an old school theater or something like that you know the balconies and things like that sure um pretty it's just you know i i, I don't go to a lot of orchestra stuff uh, sure. I, uh spoiler alert but uh <laughs> but yeah it's just you know just to know that those people were playing the songs as they were going and then you know people were applauding them as the movie was going because the sure. people were you know, physically there to, uh, to applaud. Um, so yeah, it was definitely cool to see uh return of the Jedi with the full orchestra.
1: Dude, you know, a little something about delivering mail. How would you like to be in the, be the Williams mailman? Just seeing those <laughs> checks because John Williams has yeah. done like what star Wars jaws, mm-hmm. you know, he's getting All huge, along. huge checks. Yeah. He's getting huge checks for his work. Then his son is the singer of Toto yeah and he's done a bunch of Disney movies, too. <laughs> I mean, he he did like Lion King and stuff like that. so he he didn't exactly do small stuff either. Talk about a lot of money coming into one family. Oh, yeah, Wow. you know that's that's gotta be nice. nice. Um, a TV show, I, I think you might have
2: brought this up a couple weeks ago, but I finally I watched all of, all the 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 entire season, but the Bear,
1: great, uh, right?
2: Uh, man, I, I loved it. I, I, I blew through that episode in like two days. Uh, yep. like, uh, all of the episodes back to back to back. Um, cannot wait for season two. Same. Um, funny story though, do not Google hardcore guy in the bear because <laughs> you will get the most <laughs> ridiculous videos sent back because I was trying to figure out the guy wearing the metal shirts with the tattoos. Sure. Um, his name is Maddie Matheson. Uh, okay. now that I've I've looked him up, but uh, I actually uh, found an email on him. Sent him a request to uh, come on the show, um, but because he you know he was wearing like Harm's Way t-shirts and yeah yeah, tattoos. so I'm assuming you know he's got some sort of some sort of hardcore background at least. Sure, or, you know, or, or he maybe not. Maybe he just you know that's the shirts he threw at him. But uh, but you know, see, I I enjoyed what he did in that show. But man, I've worked in enough restaurants to know that f- some of those feelings that that show gave mm-hmm. would just just the uh like when they when they set the to go thing live and it just yeah. starts spitting tickets right and you know i've been in those situations where you know all of a sudden all the phone lines are blown up screen full of things to make and just just that that feeling of just like sheer just anxiety right. um that the main character there is going through um yeah what is his name? I'm, I'm terrible uh, carmy carmy there we go yeah, yeah carmy is just going through some th- going through some emotions man and uh I, I i think they pretty well nailed it when it comes to a kitchen i mean it was a little mm-hmm. a little far-fetched with some of the stuff they were making kind of in a in a chicago style sandwich, sandwich shop, shop yeah because you know, the, <laughs> they were getting a little too fancy in the back there but i think for the most part they they nailed all of the emotion and things like that when it comes sure. to a, a place like that
1: yeah well they were t- i think the reason they i think that fancy thing was on purpose though because he was coming from like the greatest restaurant ever wherever he worked before into the sandwich shop because his brother blew his head off or something yeah you know so he was like taking over the family business to try and keep it alive there's a lot of good subplots in that show that's what i like about that is like every there's a bunch of subplots without really you know, a lot of times when you watch a TV show and there's subplots, it kind of separates yeah. the characters. They didn't really separate the characters. They just had, like, inner working plot, like the... I forget what her name is, the the girl, the young girl that's yeah. the main... kind of the main runner of the show. Like, they they had her sort of, like, teasing, dating the t- the cake guy for a while, but then they had her also being hated by the lady that had been there for 35 right. years. So they had all these little subplots going... It's a great show it, it really i i i'm with you i can't wait for season two
2: yeah the only actually the donut guy i think was one of the main guys i didn't really believe because of the this the restaurant is struggling to begin with and then they've got him over there he's over there just making donuts that they don't yeah. sell and i'm like where is he getting these ingredients from is he bringing the ingredients from right. home or is he or are these the you know the failing sub shops ingredients yeah. of the goofing around making donuts and stuff yeah,
1: or making a big
2: thick chocolate cake <laughs> oh, well, the, that. Well, the chocolate cake was on the menu, but, but yeah, I mean, he, you know, those, those cakes and things that he did make were, did look very nice and delicious.
1: <laughs> yeah, they did. They did look good,
2: <laughs> but I, I think they did a great job of, of, uh, of making the hateable characters at the beginning, mm-hmm. the characters you liked at the end. Sure. Like, like the cousin,
1: yeah.
2: you know, you kind of, he kind of come in hating the cousin and towards, by the end of it, he's a sympathetic character because you find out more about his personal life. And then, right. and then the woman, the older lady that, you know, has nothing to do with the younger girl you know, by the end of it. She's also, you know,
1: buying in and things like right. that. So
2: it's, it's, they did a really cool job of,
1: of that did. best episode when they did the birthday party and they spilled the Xanax in the, Oh, and yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious when they went outside and all the kids were knocked out asleep on the lawn. Oh my God. I was laughing my ass off at that. That was hilarious. And
2: the, and the uh, and the dad or the, the guy throwing the party just kind of laughed it off. He He's was like, like
1: eh, a great party. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: They're all like, are they dead? I don't know.
1: <laughs> Good. Whatever. Hey, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're,
2: show. I'm sure that, you know, that that was close to home with you when they, uh, when, when the assault happens and he's like, what happens if he doesn't wake up? I'm sure those words have came out of your mouth a few times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. like, Hey, for your sake, you better wake up. Yep. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> but yeah. So check out the bear. I, and uh, I don't know if, did, have you seen the movie? Uh, it's called movie 43.
1: Not ringing a bell.
2: It's, it's, it's kind of like a movie full of shorts that are just, honestly, you need to see it. If you haven't seen All right. it, where would I see it at? uh the internet i don't know um
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh yeah it's just called movie 43 but it's got you know the the cat it's it's just all these short maybe five to seven minute clips but it's star studded okay. it's john ham and emma stone but the okay. kid that the main kid in the bear um is in this movie and it took me a minute to remember where i saw him from but those
1: eyes his dead eyes i oh, yeah. just like but, uh, <laughs> yeah. well, dude, he rules in shameless. I don't know if you ever watched it. Yeah, I never watched shameless, but I he's, from- he's kind of the main guy in Sh- him and Emmy Rossum. And yeah. it's funny. His name's Jacob something. I, I forget what his real name is. It's I yeah. think it's Jacob something, but, um, yeah, he's, he was lip in, in shameless and he just ruled that show. And especially nice. when Emmy Rossum left and people thought that show was going to die and he kind of took it over. he's a he's a tremendous actor he's he was also in a bunch of law and order stuff too so he's always the he's always like the same character though he's always that kind of down on his luck guy that's trying to get ahead but he's always down on his luck so it never happens oh yeah he's in if people have seen movie
2: 43 and they don't know what scene he's in he's in the homeschooling scene and uh man (laughs) it's just (laughs) messed up but uh but yeah man so check out the bear check out the clerks three shaler go check out star wars with an orchestra if you can and uh
1: yeah check out the uh anthrax
2: black label society hay breed tour
1: yeah and check out this whole episode if you didn't if you skipped around go back and (laughs) listen to the whole thing right
2: yeah and go check me out uh july 15th at losers 812 in jeffersonville indiana we'll be doing a interview with three of the guys from flaw about their first record and uh it's gonna be a lot of fun seems like there's uh, you know if the internet is telling me the truth pretty decent little crowd already uh nice. they've already hit going on the facebook ad all right so uh
1: i think it should be should be a fun little night hopefully it's not 400 people going and three show up well hey as long as the flaw <laughs> guys show up you're good right <laughs> right, absolutely. Are you going to record this thing and then put it out after? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this, I'm gonna record this, put this out so I don't care if anybody's there, I'll still interview them. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That'll be fun. It's gonna be right. fun. You're gonna have a good time. Yeah, maybe you have to. You, you need to get out of the house, come down, and hang out with us.
1: well maybe
2: <laughs> not saying no. <laughs> All right, then. well, that, that was a maybe from Chris. And uh, so for the talk to me podcast here, notfest.com, I am Joshua Toomey. I am
1: Chris Akin, and we will talk to you soon. See ya! The Talk To Me Podcast, presented by NotFest.com. Follow the show at Talk To Me Talk. Be sure to subscribe, rate the podcast, and leave a review on your favorite podcast app to get the latest from the Talk To Me Podcast.